What burned? You said there was a fire. Not a big one, Payne, Nick said, more apologetically than he liked. The words came out almost as a whine, and Nick immediately felt foolish and childish. What burned? Payne repeated. Nick slipped through the door, brushing against Payne's shoulder as he did so. The other man did not move. There, Nick said, pointing to the gap where the DVD console had been. It was deeply shadowed, no doubt hiding the scorch marks in darkness. Payne reached behind him and turned on the light. Nick squinted against the sudden brightness. He hadn't realized how close to dark it was, or how dim the inside of the house was. The day had died away so gradually that his eyes had adjusted without his knowing. The sudden flush of light from the three 100-watt bulbs in the overhead fixture was blinding by comparison. Still blinking and wiping a tear from one eye, Nick turned toward the shelf. Look, Payne, he began. That guy Tasco sent was pretty weird. I'm not sure he really knew what he was... He stopped. There was the empty space on the shelf, still looking like an empty socket where a tooth had been removed. A front tooth, maybe, or incisor. But whichever it was, it was one of the most noticeable, whose removal made the resulting smile lopsided, distorted, and eerily wrong. There was the tangle of wires, looking like exposed nerves jutting from the tooth socket. Nick winced inwardly at the image. He had a deep, personal aversion to dentists, and wondered why in the hell he had let himself think about the machinery in such painful images. His teeth ached, and his ears buzzed, the shrilly, insistent buzz of a dentist's drill set on high. They had found him, after all, found him crouched beneath the heavy coats in the cloakroom, a six-year-old kid with a mortal fear of dentists, curled beneath the other patient's dripping parkas and fake fur coats, flecks of Montana snow not yet melted in the coolness of the coat room, filtered down on him as he waited. Then again, as his mother pulled the coats aside and took him from his hiding place and dragged him through the halls and set him in the chair and tilted it back until he thought he would fall out onto his head and crush his skull and his brains would leak out the cracks and dribble all over the dusty green carpeting like lumpy pancake batter. But nobody seemed to care, and his mother left the room, even when he called for her again and again and again. His eyes tingled through closed lids as translucently red as a stained glass window in a church. The brightness hurt even more when Dr. Sutro adjusted the lamp and focused it intensely right at him. He smelled the medicinal air, smelled Dr. Sutro's sweat and heavy breath, felt a rough finger tugging at the tender corner of his mouth. Any second now, he would feel the shattering vibrations of steel against enamel, the jolt of liquid pain when the tip touched one of those exposed nerves. The scream he knew had to come eventually, scraped insistently at the back of his throat as it built force, ready to burst through. Nick, you all right? Payne's voice cut through the shadow of Nick's remembered terror. Yeah, I'm okay, I guess. Nick said, shaking his head to clear his mind of the painful images and staring at the empty, at the empty place on the shelf, he thought choosing the most neutral word he could. The wall behind it was dead white. The wires were covered with plastic protective sheathing, blue and red and white and black. Where the metal was exposed, it glistened in the light, with the bright red glow of new copper. 
Where was the fire? Payne repeated. It was there. Nick pointed at the empty space. Payne went toward the shelf and stooped and ran his finger over the shelf and sniffed the air. I don't see anything. Did you fix it up? Nick shook his head. In the back of his mind, he saw the black streaks disfiguring the white wall, saw the wires charred and coiled like dead snakes. He could still smell the acrid ozone smell of an electrical burst. Suddenly, Payne was standing at his side, holding on to him. Look, you don't look good, Payne said. How have you been since you were... since Saturday? Any repeats? Nick shook his head again. Dizziness? Headache? Anything like that? Nick started to shake his head again, then stopped. A little. Some dizziness on Monday, just before... before you came over with the repairman. Payne finished the thought for him. Nick nodded mutely.